Welcome to The Black Athlete, a podcast where we put the past into the present of black sports. I'm Lewis Moore. I'm Derek White. We're sports historians here to give you the historical context for contemporary black athletes. And welcome back to The Black Athlete. I'm Lewis Moore, author of I Fight for Living and We Will Win the Day. You can check out my Audible African-American Athletes Who Made History on Amazon. And We Will Win the Day is coming out in paperback November 16th. Derek White, the author of The Challenge of Blackness, The Institute of the Black World, and The Politics of the 1970s, as well as Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Jay Gate, the Florida A&M, The History of Black College Football. Welcome back, Lewis Moore. Ah, my full government name. It's good. It's good to be back two <laughs> two weeks into school. Uh, can't breathe with my mask on, but you know we're gonna make it somehow. We're gonna make it fifteen weeks. So uh, no, but it's always refreshing to do to these. I, today I know I'm just going off, but today I stopped class like five minutes early because I was like I'm too hot. My mouth is like you know what I mean. The mask is just getting wet. I'm done. I'm not gonna start. Yo, you it's know, so hot. Another five it is, it is like so hot. Um, like the first day, the first week, because we've been in for this is week three for us. The first week it was like 90 degrees outside. The air condition is barely on inside. I was in there like first team all sweat. I was like, man, <laughs> like it was just too much. Um, I got something I saw on Twitter about you today. You posted it, so this is just oh, yeah, yeah. So so explain to the listeners how your administrative assistant called you Dwayne. Cause I'm gonna start calling you Dwayne from yeah. here on out. Like, so, so what's the backstory? How long has she been there? Tell, tell well, the listeners. Uh, okay. So like, uh, not like I looked up this person's profile. They've been there since 98, right. At various <laughs> departments at first, like, so this is the person you get emails from them. You know, the general emails, if it's coming from the Dean's office and you know, I don't know, like, seen them before know the name gotta get the emails and there was like a meet the dean reception and i had just slid in there right after class i only had a couple minutes i was there and she came like not the dean but the admin or whatever assistant came to introduce herself she's got a name tag i don't and she was like Dwayne, right um and it caught me off guard because at first it was bad i thought she said darwin <laughs> And I'm thinking, why would you call me Darwin? And because I was like, the only Darwin I know is this black student that graduated like five years ago. It's like, there's no way you think I was Darwin. And then it dawned on me. I was like, oh, she said Dwayne. Like that's another professor, the other black professor, um, and he's in philosophy or whatever. I was like, oh gosh. And then. She was like, oh, I couldn't tell because you got your mask on. And I don't know, listeners, you can't tell, but, you know, I'm like, how do I put this? I'm light, light, right? I got a little tan because it's been summertime. I've been out in the sun and been, <laughs> and I've been irresponsible not putting on my sunblock and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm probably going to get in trouble 20 years down the line. Um, but, but, you know, I, you know it's, it might be like caramel color. Dwayne's a little bit darker. He's shorter. He got thicker glasses. There's no way. And plus, you is know, he bald though? No, is he bald? No, he's got hair. And there's like, there's no, you can't. There's no. I don't know if I can say this. There's no light skinned Dwayne's, right? Then maybe the Rock Johnson, but you don't call him Dwayne. He's the Rock, right? It's just. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, and, and and so there. That's that's it. But it's just like one of those things where I don't want people to think I'm arrogant. Like you should know me. But just ask my name if you don't know, right? Like, oh, and I, you know, and then we go do that walk where we don't really know each other because we never technically met. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, but just don't guess the other black person's name, right? Like a simple. Yeah, that's oh, even worse. You just with, you know, it's okay. Like, oh, tell me your name again, because I, you know, like, and that it's just that simple. Like, yeah, I'm, and I'm bad, bad with names, so that, I'd be fine with that. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't wear my name tag that you gave me. 13 years ago like i don't even know what that name tag is like, i do walk around with like look there's like four or five of us you should know my name right you know what i mean there's there's yeah i think there's honestly honestly and i'm being honest when i said there's four black male professors i'm pretty sure there's four of them two are african and then there's me and Dwayne, and then there's um probably the same amount of uh black females on on campus right and so it's so not, she flipped she flipped a coin yeah 
Yeah. And she came up, she came up snake eyes. She rolled the dice, came up snake yeah. eyes. <laughs> yeah. Crapped yeah. out. And, and I know how this looks. I'm sure somebody's finding out because they 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 read my tweets sometimes. Like last week I complained about not being, you know, the the library not spending money on um on databases. And somebody from the library hit me up in the DM and knew specifically what I was talking about. I was very vague about the database that I didn't get. And I was like, oh, gosh, they're 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 watching. So, yeah, it's because you got too many followers. You don't even know who the spies are. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. But this is a thing, you know, like this is a thing. Welcome back. I mean, this is this is what it's like. You know, one of the things this is not the subject of this podcast. I won't spend too long. But like I think over the over the the last year, we saw our colleagues talk about the number, the few number of like black women who are full professors kind of state of what it is uh to be a black professor at these institutions i mean nicole hannah jones that whole debacle at unc and leading her to howard i don't know if it's a debacle for her but it's a debacle just just a bad look for just higher education in general um and that's just the major examples, right? You know, but the the kind of everyday you like you said in the tweet, right? You've been working there since like two thousand and eight, right? Like right, right. You know what I mean? Like it's like you you a long standing uh, faculty member at the institution, right? And so I think that that is, um, you know, again, if you listen to yeah. the podcast at, at at Lou's institution, don't be afraid to ask. No one's gonna take be offended by that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's my name. But but the other thing too is like I'm full. Shout out to me. And I think we all are. Like I think that one of them might not be. I don't I don't I don't know his situation. I, he's been there longer than me. I just I just don't know. But the other two are for sure, right? And it's like we just don't hire <laughs> barely any, right? And it's just it's crazy. So I won't bore you guys. Uh I won't bore you guys with my troubles. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I just thought that was, I thought that was hilarious. And I thought that was emblematic of what, you know, like it's not necessarily the hardest thing, but it is a a pretty common experience for many of us in uh, faculty of color and higher education. And I would, and I would say before we move on my advantage and, you know, cause I'm at a PWI, PWI, right. And my advantage is I was always been able to get lost in my family. Right. I have, I have young kids. Now they're what they're 13, 10, and 9 when I started at six months. So I'm there, I'm in and kind of out. Um, so when stuff like that comes up, it's like, you know, by the time you get home, you're full-time, you know, you're full-time parent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going to, like you, going to all the soccer and, and stuff like that. And so it's really hard. It's easy to to kind of slip away at, at times, right? And so I have this kind of advantage where that's all I want to do. I want to get lost in my work and, and lost in my family. And so some of that kind of stuff doesn't bother me as, as much as it, as it probably should. Um, because I just like, yeah, I, you know, I gotta go pick up my kid now. So like, what am I going to do? <laughs> right. Right. No, I understand that. Um, let's switch gears. What are we talking about today? Let's see. Uh, let's we got NFL preview. Yes. The NFL. So, so for the listeners, we are in a historian's, uh fantasy football league full of uh distinguished historians at various I think institutions. Most are. There's somebody who who let's be clear, when we had our live draft, they they, they weren't drafting the way they should be drafting. So I don't mm. know if they're actually a historian or, or what. Are they not distinguished is what you say? They're, they're, not, <laughs> they're not distinguished. But they weren't live drafting and then they were making if they were they were making some bad mistakes. But well, we say that, know, that they go win the league. So that's what that yeah, means. Yeah. Uh, but me and Lou play each other this week, and it is a 50-50. The projection is a close match. Uh, I just want to know. I just want to announce right now: this is not an excuse, but this is a reality that I drafted J.K. Dobbins, who got hurt literally the Saturday after my draft, uh, and so this has put me behind the eight ball because I was already uh, low on running backs and was needing J.K. Dobbins to outperform his draft position, uh, and so now we are. Uh, we were behind the eight ball, but I will say I got Le'Veon Bell uh, off the free agency scrap hip keep, and so I'm gonna need him to come back like like gangbusters so he can try to get one more check. Let's hope. Let's hope you're he can like get it done. kicking the tires on some old players because you also have AJ Green. But let me you I pick. Do have, I, don't have, I don't have. I don't have AJ Green yeah, for real. Yeah, I looked at your lineup and laughed. Uh, oh, I have AJ Green. Pick, that is crazy. You pick, Let me ask you this: You pick Dobbins with your second pick? No, I don't even remember. I think I picked him with my third pick or something like See, that. See, you got cute and you picked Kelsey, Kelsey and you, you know, through you're the expert. So 
you knew that you were going to get the best tight end with number nine. You decided. And you and and what that meant, though, what that meant is that you were going to get boxed out of a maybe a, there's only a few quality running backs and that guarantee yeah. you were getting boxed out. So you knew coming in and that's the chance you're willing to take. I'm yeah. going to get the best tight end. And maybe the, the way I think about it and w- listeners, we will get to some better stuff. But the way I looked at it is like there's three tight ends that 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 I would get, you know, and that's that's what Kelsey Waller and, and Kittle and everything else I, I can get after the eighth round or whatever. If I'm not getting one of them, then I'm not going tight end early. So you went with the only logical tight end, but at nine, and this is why I figured it out. I scripted the draft in my own head. So that's going to okay. box uh, you out of anything else. Oh, okay. But I genius. knew that I could get, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Ozzy Newsome him, but I knew <laughs> where my position was that I can get a top flight receiver, like, Tyreek Hill, and then there would be a running back still available. Congratulations! So, yeah, yeah. So when when we're winning it all, you know, I mean, we'll see. We should that. see. We'll just we shall see whose strategy played out uh, the best. Um, but yeah, man, this has been a, a been a, a crazy. I think even opening section of uh, for the NFL as they head in. I mean, I think it's. You know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. We've been trying to, you know, everybody's trying to return to normal. I know you watch, I know I watched a lot of college football last week and people were uh, uh, uber excited about the return of the college tra- college football traditions, which I just, I, you know, I'm personally, you know, a fan of both, a, you know, at black colleges and at PWIs, whether it's, you know, the Marching 100 at FAMU. Uh, or, you know, Camp Randall Stadium jump around and watching 70 some odd thousand people jumping down to a, you know, literally 25 year old, <laughs> 25 year old House of Pain song, um, you know, is, is a thing or Virginia Tech entering the sandbag. But, you know, it is also, uh, you know, it's a hard moment for us as we work on these campuses and really try to think about the the, the pandemic is still here. Uh, we are watching, you know, cases continue to rise up. And so the NFL is going to have to deal with that um, and, and as well. Right. And, you know, they also have a very loud vocal, I think, minority of folks who are like, we're not going to be vaccinated. I think we talked a little bit about this uh, the week right. last week or the week before last. Uh, and now we've got, you know, we still got social justice stuff. Right. And so the NFL is going to follow. Uh, the NBA's lead that will allow uh, NFL players to put uh, what's their phrasing that they use it six social justice messages on the back of their helmets. And these messages are, I'm going to get it right in racism, stop hate. It takes all of us black lives matter, inspire change and say their stories. What do you think about that Lou? Well, they did this last year. Right. And I think the best part about this, I think they were a little bit more free and so you have somebody like DeAndre Hopkins with Denmark Vesey on his <laughs> right. on his helmet. And I think now you're like, woo, buddy, we can't do that. That's too free. Right. Yeah. And I think we might have talked about this in real time, right? If you guys yeah. don't know, Denmark Vesey let, let, tries to lead a major slave revolt, right? And so in South Carolina, yeah. Like that, yeah, right. Where you know, kind of his hometown, and 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 so that made sense. And I thought that was kind of like what we did with MLK and Fortnite. I thought that was a great opportunity, right, to use sport at that moment as a vehicle for a history lesson. Right. What I think about these is that not if if it's approved from up top, then it's not really it's not really a message, right? It's just approved by this billion dollar industry, right? So it's, yeah. it's weird, right? You let's sit back and think about why a billion dollar industry is saying these are the six messages that 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 are approved. Right. Like stuff mm-hmm. like some of them are stuff like you would expect in an early 90s hip hop song. Right. Like yeah. racism or, yeah. you know, or, you know, RIP to the biz. But, you know, there's that once I was to heal. Right. Um, yeah. It's essentially about any racism. Uh, <laughs> where, you know, they're like the ink is what does it say? The ink is black. The pen is white. Let's all get together and unite. Right. I believe that's <laughs> the line. And that's what it is. And it's not like I'm not like, you know no one's anti-in racism, but it's just such a controlled message that I think it just, it defangs it a little bit. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd much rather see people go the, the 
DeAndre Hopkins route, right? And if you if you know that history, if not, you should have been reading all this summer or <laughs> or you know, or don't right. let them, you know, don't have them do it because they don't have a problem with them putting messages when it becomes that there's that message game that they have where it's their charity, right? Um, yeah. So those are the shoes, yeah. Messages, like our shoes right? are charity, yeah. No, that's, 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 a, just, that's a good yeah. point. And I think too that it's weird to think about it that Black Lives Matter is an approved it's an approved message, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a weird thing, right? Because I, it used to be a very radical saying to me, like it's wow, it's it's this is something that you have to sit with, and now it's just a it's just a phrase. And I'm not trying to like you know take meaning out of it, but because it's approved, right? It is a high, you know channeling channeling an in, inner Audrey Lord, which I don't have. But it's like the master's tools are set. Like the master mm, has taken. Yeah, well, yeah. Go ahead, and you you can go ahead and say Black Lives Matter now. And it's just, nah. I think it's it's it, how main it shows you how mainstream Black Lives Matter it has. And it's also we'll get into that, and I'll and I'll shut up. But it's it's the five year anniversary of when Cap all year kneeled, right? And he's mm-hmm. out of the league, so the and the league still hasn't wrestled with that. But but I'll, I'll stop there. Go ahead. No, no, I think it, I mean, it reminds you, I want like to, to put a little bit of historical context, right? Like, I think it, it reminds me of like how the early civil rights movement, uh, you know, use freedom now, right? Like, you know, we want freedom now, right? And, um, you know, we shall overcome and then black power came along and, and then was like, you know, you know, we've been saying freedom now. It's like Stokely was like, we've been saying freedom for for like eight years and, and we ain't got nothing. So now we're going to start saying a new slogan. And so it's somehow like Black Lives Matter, which was that new slogan that really put charged, in, right. you know, charged a lot of, you know, angst amongst, you know, the corporations and, and, and owners and whatnot has now, as you pointed out, has been defanged in some ways, the way a lot of the ways black power was right. Like we think about the ways in which like Nixon tried to undermine black power, but right, because black right. power was black capitalism. Right. Like I think that there we talked about that, I think, in a previous podcast. And so I think there's a good historical uh, kind of parallels to to the ways in which uh, Black Lives Matter uh, gets defined. I think we see this even uh, in the bubble going back two years now. Ooh, it's like, you know, the bubble from two years ago or a year ago. I guess a it's like ago, a year ago. Yeah. A year and it a half ago. Like two, yeah. It's two, been two basketball seasons or one and a half basketball seasons. But like LeBron and them said that they weren't going to put any of these slogans. LeBron, I think, and, and Anthony Davis said they weren't going to put any of the slogans on the back because they felt like once the league approved the slogans, there right. was no need to put the slogans on. Right. And so you get, you know, uh, and, and it took a lot of the um, the assertiveness of black lives matter away right and so the players who were really challenging the system have now been uh, you know co-opted is probably too strong of a phrase but have now been incorporated into the corporate structure of both the nba uh which was trying to do i think the right thing in the moment right but now the nfl which has always been a much more conservative league uh is now using these same phrases uh, it, it tells you that the that at least in the world of sports, you know, you know, announcing one support of Black Lives Matter does not have the same kind of impact that it did, you know, five years ago <laughs> when, right. when, you know, when Cap was out there talking about taking a knee about, you know, police violence and whatnot. And I think that that is, uh, you know, that's how far we've traveled. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how the players who are most concerned with these issues navigate this new terrain uh, now that the league has provided, uh, I think, limited support, at least in terms of slogans, uh, for uh, these kinds of ideas. Right. You know, I mean, we talk about this kind of defanged and and really the people take um, the power that be taking over. I remember, oh, my gosh, four years ago, I wrote that piece for Vox about um, that's the well, it must have been week four when all the owners came out and and and, and kneeled or, or held arms. And and I said, it's it's reminds me of the March on Washington. Right. Like you got these approved speech, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like not, you know, not keys. I have dreams, but they looked at someone like John Lewis's speech is like, hey, yeah, you can't say this. Right? You, can't, like, you can't say that the time for revolution is now. Right. You can't say yeah, that. Right? We're going <laughs> to march through, we're gonna march to the south like Sherman. Did. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't even saying that in a violent way. That's John Lewis, right? But right. it's the same thing. It's like, okay, this is. I mean, can I, can you imagine saying, "I want to have this protest statement 
let me run this by you, boss, real quick. Okay, these are the protest statements that you could have. It's not a protest statement anymore. If it's approved. <laughs> if it's approved, right? It's it, And so to me, it's just like, it's. I don't want to say it's done, but whatever's happening is happening. And I think they did it in a way too, and the players probably appreciate this. They did it in a way that the players can feel safe, right? Safe that they're not going to lose endorsements, safe that people won't, well, you know, come back at them or whatever. It's just they're just part of the league now, and this is just part of the league, and it kind of gives them cover, right? It's not those moments where you're, you know, like cap kneeling or even somebody putting their fist in the air, which is mm-hmm. kind of not even the same anymore. Yeah, um, it's it's been, you know. Like just kind of chiseled down to that, and 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 look, look. If you do, if you wear that stuff, I'll still like shout you out. Like when I see it, like oh man, he's got a Black Lives Matter stuff, or he has whatever. Say their names, um, but it's just not like to me. As I said, it once the admin, <laughs> sorry admin, once <laughs> the league comes in <laughs> and approves it, then it's like it's it's just taking away whatever you're trying to do. And so you might as well write Denmark Vesey on your shoes. No, I think your point about comparing it to the ways in which shoes were designed, like, you know, my cleats, my charity, I think it was the way they phrased it or the way we think about uh, breast cancer awareness month becomes very much uh, branding, you know, I mean, as part of the league's branding to to demonstrate that it's concerned, just as it's concerned about breast cancer, right? We're concerned about social justice, right? Um, and, And that loses the kind of insurgency that cap i think in you know injected to be perfectly honest into the league and i think that that's where we are and i think what i'm looking forward to the league you know this is not a nfl preview about plays and championships and super bowls we, we'll talk a little bit about that but i think what i'm looking for is to see what the next kind of moves are if we think about this in terms of chess or indoor checkers right like the league has made a counter move that has pro- protected its brand and its and its players and so the folks who are most concerned if they're still in the league because i think eric reed right. is not signed right who is most vocal kenny stills is he, kenny stills on the roster still i don't I think, think he's i don't think he is i don't, I don't think, think he's on the roster Houston, but he got cut yeah so you know the guy the the players who have been the most vocal after cap are no longer in the league um and I think it's, you know, this is this is a way for the league to be like, we can return to normal, right? Like they, Much like us at the university, how quickly can we get back to normal? And so if we got to give up this little bit of space, it yeah. is, it, you know, this is fine. It's not going to kill us, um, especially because the politics have changed at the, at the at the White House level. And so now the owners yeah. got... Like, you know, the president is going to be tweeting like, oh, why you right. let them have Black Lives Matter on the back of the helmet? So I think that there's right. a little bit of safety all the way around for both the owners, the league and the players. And and, and what gets lost in that is the issues that, at, at play. Uh, but again, just like just like the NBA, you know, it just takes one event to really recharge this entire you know, conversation, right? One police right. violence, one, you know, major confrontation um, that, uh, you know, I think can recharge this whole kind con- and we can revisit it, I guess, later on in the season. Yeah. And I, I would say this and part of it, why it seems quiet and the players are fine. It was because the people out in the streets aren't really moving, right? Like the athletes have always followed the movement and and it's not saying the movement has died down, but what we saw in 2020 is not the same, right? What mm-hmm. we're seeing when, when cat was protesting is not the same. I think there's been, you know, the pandemic has shifted some things. The, the, uh, Biden's victory has shifted some things. Doesn't mean people stop fighting, but, but I think players follow. So like you said, if there's another major movement in society, that's when it's time to watch the players. They never really lead on these things, no. right? It's yeah, not like right. you're having this kind of, any, I don't see anybody having these leading conversations. Um, so, and, and that's the unfortunate part too, that that's something unfortunate will have to happen so we can get the, this, this, this action. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that, I think that's one of the major stories too, that's hidden because no one really talks about it, but also because Cap's not there. Um, and the league has figured out a way to go about its business, right? They, mm-hmm. they, I don't want to bring this up, but they survived the Ray Rice thing. They, they've survived concussion thing. They write a lot better than I thought. Like, you know, yeah. I, no, that's I true. think football would do well. And now they, they had this moment where 
Trump was coming at them for like four years and, and now they survived it and nobody's mm-hmm. coming at them anymore. Um, and, and it looks like though they're going to survive this anti-vax state, right? Like the mm-hmm. players are like, even like you said, the Falcons are hundred percent vax. Like someone like a Jerry Jones is, has gone a, a, a we over me philosophy, which is strange for this billionaire. Right. Um, and you so know, I, yeah, the, no, he it just survives. I mean, I think, you know, like is what's interesting is Urban Meyer, the you know, the Ohio, the former Ohio State coach and University of Florida coach who has left uh, his programs and in, in, uh, with checkered morality and discipline yeah. <laughs> uh, off the field. Um, but uh, tremendous success on the field said the quiet part out loud that like, you know, he got fine. Like he's under investigation by the players union because he was like, we cut we took vaccination status uh as in consideration yeah. when we were looking at players and that's you know and i think that's true jamil hill wrote an article in the atlantic which i highly recommend where she talked about how you know vaccination status is is akin to the ways in which uh personnel people think about injuries right like you know this person's yeah. got uh, had had a torn meniscus this other person doesn't they're about the same we're gonna keep the guy with less the the, the better injury history than the other right and i think that that's um, this vax thing because it's going to cost you know it's going to cost teams right if they're relying on you and you get caught in quarantine for a week you out that week that's you know that's that's a big deal especially the last few seasons when we watched uh, the playoff you know the differences between making the playoffs and, and you know not making the playoffs is often a uh, you know a game here or a game there and so I think unless you're in the in the upper one percent of the league um you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this, I, you know, how that plays out. Uh, and so, like you said, looking at someone like Jerry Jones, who was, you know, t- t- forcing his players to stand uh, at the same time is now taking the we, right. uh, you know, the we over me kind of thing is a very interesting kind of decision. But like you said, the politics have shifted. The movement has shifted. Um, uh, the pandemic has shifted in lots of ways. And I think we're watching. Uh, these these billion dollar corporations and teams uh, adjust on the fly, uh, and so I think that's like I, as a historian and as a scholar, it's just interesting to to watch in real time. Right. Well, you know, players they got cut probably because they're not worth it. In Vax, we've been talking about that for the last three weeks. Cam Newton, yeah, right? and and you know, as as the leading cheerleader of black quarterbacks, it, it pains me to say this, but you know, he, the moment you saw. Mac Jones stats from that last game. I don't care if he was playing backups. I don't care if the defense was vanilla. Cam was done. It was, yeah. it was done. It was, I saw that. I felt like tweeting out like, yeah, he's not getting his job back. Um, but it, it was done just because just how it works, but it really would have been bad. And I think Belichick made the right decision in a sit in an area like Boston to have a, how do I put this? a future what you think is a future star in a white quarterback backing up a black quarterback who at times might go three for 11 for 26 <laughs> yards. You know what I mean? That, yeah. I mean, that wouldn't, that's, that's, you know, Belichick more than anybody else probably in the history can ignore things like that, but that's, that's a huge albatross around your teams that you know what I mean yeah. like well I mean that kind of stuff would have and, been I, and, and like this is this is not the strength of this podcast this is not what we do but you know the the way the NFL salary structure is set up to be perfectly honest like it's it's in the page once you draft a guy in the first round you own their rights for like five years and they're on a and ridiculously they're and they're ridiculously low salary so it's your it's in your it's in your favor right to your advantage to get them on the field as quickly as possible to see if they can right. play. Cause if they can play, then you can spend that extra money that you would be paying for a franchise quarterback on all these other positions and see if Rams. you can make a run. Right. right. And see if you can make Jared a Goff run. Rams, yeah. Right. You can right. make Until a run. You have to pay somebody. Right. Right. And I think so, that, yeah. and the Patriots are not the Patriots from three years ago, right. Whenever they were last in the Super Bowl, And I think that they are, they're clearly rebuilding. Um, and they're not in a win now situation. And I think Cam gave them, you know, and I think we saw what Cam did last year and it was not world beating. I mean, although I'm, I mean, the saddest part about Cam getting cut yeah, for listeners is that Lou gives these magnificent historical right. Right. vignettes. They are magnificent. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this guy every Sunday morning is out here giving us, uh, you yeah. know, 
forays into black history through cam's <laughs> uh sartorial style um yeah and uh i don't know where we're gonna do man that's gonna be a sad yeah, I part of it like trey young i have to find somebody um can i just say my method to my madness on this it's like yeah, you know that book, Black Listeners, is a book, Black Metropolis, whatever. I think it's a classic, right, about Chicago. Mm-hmm. And there's always my favorite part about books like Black Metropolis or anything making the ghetto. All those books from like the 60s, 70s or whatever, mm-hmm. whenever they're out there. But those, you know, what I'm talking about those first yeah. books about the ghetto. There's always those great stories about that individual, like a Pigfoot Mary mm-hmm. or that guy. I forget his name now, that brother in Chicago with the long hair. No one knew where he was coming from. I try to imagine people like that when mm-hmm. I tell these stories, right? Like, you know, or when you're just researching and, you know, the, the the newspaper puts some incredible story that, you know, they're just trying to come up with the most ridiculous story <laughs> to make black folks bad. And I don't do it in a way to make black folks bad, but these people existed. Pickfoot Mary existed. The, right. the person who's selling the ice cream shops are everywhere, right? Yeah. And so I try to paint a picture that I would have seen in a 1910 newspaper a 1920s newspaper or a book mm-hmm. and i try to put cam newton in that place right like, yeah oh, okay I, I i read about a root doctor you yeah know, you know harlem's and i i make it i try to do it where it's familiar too right like okay people are familiar with harlem chicago they're they're familiar with these names and then i just let my imagination run wild in what 240 characters um <laughs> No, I love it. No, yeah. you know what? I, you know, I'm we, look. We're spitballing, so we didn't. This is not in our show pre-run, man. We should, we should collect those. And right, and, I don't know and, where they're at. Yeah, no, they're on Twitter. That's where they are. So yeah. that we should collect them, and then we should like, con- and then do a whole edited collection around like real histories about people who you like, you were inspired by. That's a fantastically like. We could probably do that in like eighty pages, like a poetry right, right. book. So, listeners, I hope you know what's going on. This is what Derek and I do at least once a week. We script out ideas that we're going to write about, and we have. We never do. We never do. We never do. But we've created folders, and and look, I'm telling you that we got we both got individual projects that we're going to bang out within the next year, year and a half, and then we're just going to get together and tag team, like you know. I know, like gonna, Junkyard Dog and Coco Beware. We're, that's um, what we're saying. Together. About to win um, the title, so. tag team champions. But but real quick, since we're on to like the NFL preview, we talked about like um, salary and kind of this win now mentality. Dallas Cowboys, right? They play Thursday, so that's for us. It's tomorrow. They're in that same boat. They're in this crazy boat, right? Because they paid everybody who needed to get paid, right? They yeah. they, they held off in Dak, and I love Dak because. He, you know, he, he bet on himself. I love his story. I, I, you know, his, you know, he is a great vehicle to talk about, you know, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, as a, as someone whose mom died from cancer. I love that part. His brother, you know, committed suicide recently. So Dak has been able to open up about depression, about just kind of working and getting back in. He's somebody who bet on himself. So I, I love like everything Dak Prescott, even if he gives like the police in Dallas, like a million dollars, like, come on, they probably have a billion dollar budget. But anyway, <laughs> right. anyway, anyway, but the Dallas Cowboys to me is such an interesting story since this is our NFL preview show because they they they've got to win now, right? There's no yeah. way they could be mediocre again and keep that same team. Zeke won't be there. Like this year's Dallas Cowboys won't look like next year's Dallas Cowboys. I, I have a feeling that Jerry Jones, if they won this year, went really far. He would run. He's got that run it back mentality. He, they'd run it right? back next year, but they got to yeah, be, they got to get to the NFC championship right. game. Right. I don't see, cause if not, I don't see, I don't see their receiver there. What's his name? Amari um, Cooper. I don't see Cooper there next year, right? Because they got the young guy. They got Sam mm-hmm. on a cheap contract, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need Cooper, but you've you've paid your your hogs up front. You've paid your quarterback. You paid your running back. And, and listeners, even I'll tell you what, Derek was sitting at number nine pick and promised that Ezekiel Elliott dropped down to him. He would not pick him because he's mad from last year. Because they got they're in an interesting situation. But the other thing what trips me out is they're they're one of those franchises that. Because they won 25 years ago, fans still believe that they have their bet, that they're really trying to win. Like Jerry will try to win, but it just hasn't worked out. And fans are like, they always believe that this is their year. Like, I don't get the sense from other teams' fans, right? There's yeah. a few teams that are like that. And and that always reminds me, I got to finish that HBO show. 
But I think the Dallas situation is going to be really interesting because you got you paid you you gave Dak a half a billion, right? Yeah. And he has all these weapons, and he's I think he's healthy. I haven't seen him in the preseason, right? Um, and I watched that HBO all but the last episode. Um, by the way, I hope that brother from the Ivory Coast doesn't get cut. Don't spoil it for me. Uh, but at 200 pounds, I'm pretty <laughs> he, sure he's getting be. cut. <laughs> I feel so bad. Like they just keep him on for it because it's, yeah, it's a hell of a good story. But the dude's like my size, he's like 230s of playing DN. Yeah, I'm not 230, but but I am. I'm pushing. I'm pushing like 208, uh, which is not my weight. My ideal weight is like 200. So uh, we're gonna have to figure some things out there. But yeah. Uh, any teams or quarterbacks you're you're uh, really looking uh, to watch or seeing what happens with their future? That's a good question. I mean, I think, like you said, I think the Dallas thing is amazing because I think Jerry, like, you know, not to be, you know, morbid, but I think Jerry Jones is recognizing <laughs> oh, yes. that I think he's re- like he recognizes that, you know, the time is short. As we like to say, be in the upper room, right? Like you know, and and I think he he's really pushing. He's really pushing. He put all his chips in. I think that's what that is. He's like, I'm gonna pay all this stuff. Now, I also saw today in Forbes that the (laughs) that the most valuable franchise is the Dallas Cowboys. They were like seven billion dollars or something crazy. Like you know, (laughs) awesome though. I I tell you that. Like if I if you were an NFL player, that's the team I would go to. Like I don't want to live in Texas, but I would want to be around that facility. You want to live in Texas because you don't. Don't want to pay no state income tax, so the whoa, I paid my taxes, yeah, no, so, but yeah, yeah. So, no, um, um let's yeah. see what's it. I, you know, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are in an interesting spot too, right? Like, they've won a title, they got to the Super Bowl, they had a they've had a magnificent run where they were an overtime, you know, an overtime for away from going to the Super Bowl before, right. before New England. They go to the Super Bowl, they win, and then last year it was like they had a turnstile for an offensive line. Uh, and so they, you know, they're a lot like, you know, like you said, they're running it back with the exception of trying to really improve their offensive line. Um, right. But everybody's a year older. Right. And in and like, That's, can they yeah. can't, you know, can you can you get the same? And, you know, defenses have now looked at this offense for three years and they know what the personnel does. And I think that that's right. going to be an interesting thing. And, you know, like you said, you know, Patrick Mahomes is just an amazing, amazing quarterback. And, and, and you'd like to see him get it done. But like, it's it. Are we watching the window continue to stay open, or is it shutting? Like, I think that's an interesting question for them, and they got to figure it out right now because that's it. Um, what other? Well, I would say. Yeah, go ahead. I would say on 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 Kansas City is like, like you said, three is essentially. Let's just call it a three year Super Bowl run, right? Because the other one was one game away. Yeah, your body in the NFL is not meant to take that, right? Like, shout out to the Buffalo Bills a long time ago. Yeah, back when men were men. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, but like, <laughs> no one like circles Kelsey, the, like, no one circles the no, right no wagons like the, the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> like Kelsey, you can't be a tight end and consistently get catches and catches and catches. Or Tyreek, you know, Tyreek doesn't catch. Well, he's not getting hit a lot, but it, it it wears on you. And I don't get the sense that they're they're they don't they don't have something in the chamber just in case, right? Yeah. Like it's their defense was never impressive. I you know, their their safety is always getting beat like all the time. And he's still yeah. there. Uh, not Matthews, but the other guy. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's just like they're, you know, I think they picked they had a really good rookie uh D B last year and and you know, we expect I'm gonna use the term we uh expect some improvement out there. But like you said, there's no like the other receivers scare if you're a defense, they scare you because your their speed, not their ability to like I'm gonna make the catch. But they still have the one of the top five receivers, and they still have the top tight end, and they still yeah. have the top quarterback. And anytime you have a triple threat like that, you're you're in a game no matter and what. They got, and they got um, you yeah. know, and their running game is 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 above average, right? Like they, they, with those offensive weapons, right. they don't need to be spectacular. Right. I mean, in some oh, ways, in the, yeah. no, in some way, before we go on, in some ways, it reminds me of that same run that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks went on. You remember that? Right. The when Legion they, of Boom. Right. They went to the deep and run in the playoffs. They won the yeah. Super Bowl. They should have won a next another Super Bowl, but then he threw it away because uh, they should have just gave it to Marshawn Lynch. They got cute. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and And then they have, you know, and so in the aftermath of that, Seattle's been very good. Right, they've been a very right. good team. They made the playoffs. Not great. 
but they've not been great. And I think that that's the question right. at hand. Like, I think that's what's like, I'm interested to see if Kansas city looks a lot like those Seattle teams from what is that like six years ago or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. And, but you know, Seattle did it with their defense and never really address their offense, but they have talent, right? They have Metcalf, they have Lockett, right? They have Wilson, but they don't have a running back. Even in a league where they say, well, you don't need a running back. You need a guy that's going to be able to get you yards though. Right. And they've never had that since Lynch has been gone. Yeah. They don't have that threat. Right. And, and Russell's always like, every time you look back, it's like, you know, listeners, I'm writing this black quarterback book and I, I watch YouTube and uh, I watch Vince Evans and I was watching this game the other day and he's always backpedal. Like he was like, I don't know, partly it's probably his mechanics. He's so freaking fast. But by the time he got to his drop, like the, the defense is right there in his lap. So he kind of <laughs> had to scramble. And that's how I see Russell Wilson. It's like this dude has to scramble like a lot, um, a lot, a lot. Um, and and they never really patched those things up for the, the offensive line, but that defense was awesome, and you thought it would be forever. Then you're like, oh yeah, you, people got to get paid, and oh yeah, people get hurt. Um, speaking about Vince Evans, since I threw that out there, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with uh, young Justin Fields in Chicago. Uh, you guys know I'm a black ho- quarterback homer, and I'm, I'm like, you got a black quarterback in Chicago. Andy Dalton doesn't have a chance. Like he oh, doesn't. Come on, no, he no, does no. not. He have wasn't. Good. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been good. Yeah. He hasn't been good for like five years. A long time, right? Right. He hasn't been good in a long, get, long this time. Is, this is, yeah. you know, like at some point, this is the kind of decision that gets you fired, gets you fired. as a as you a head been coach. Fired. Is, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, you're the head coach, and you're looking at it, and you're like, "We got Andy Dalton." So, if Andy Dalton puts you in zero and two. Right. And and or oh and three or something some number, right? And Jefferson Fields wins and goes fifty, you know, goes five hundred the next of the way. Like you're still right. like, well, we he gave us a better chance and we could have won one of those games or two of those games if we had played this young play. You know, sometimes you just you're not really playing for this year with a rookie quarterback. You're really playing for next year. And you know, like what's the hold up? And so I think they feel like they're in a weird spot. They feel like they can make the playoffs. So if Andy Dalton can somehow win some games, they still got a good defense. Khalil Mack is still, you know, a terror at defensive end. Um, but like, it's still a very much, uh, it's a dumb decision. Is Trey Lance going to play? Is he going to, is he going to, he going to put out on the West coast? You're a West coast guy. So is he going to put out yeah. Jimmy Garofalo? Well, Jimmy G's starting, but I can't I can't envision them not playing Trey Lance. At the very least, you gotta practice for that, right? Like you gotta practice for a scrambling quarterback. And so it's to your advantage to at least put them in a few plays. I know they were doing that a long time ago. We started off talking about Cap. Alex Smith and Cap, they had to do that, right? And it just adds a different dynamic until the other guy's ready to take over, right? Um but I hope Trey Lance plays because I got him as my backup quarterback. I'm about to I'm about to drop him, pick up Jameis or something. But because um, I thought he I thought he was gonna play right out the gate and be putting up like 300. Because you know you know you know who played right out the gate Cam Newton and put up you know yeah he put he up did. his two best games ever too. That's what's hilarious. Like yeah, like like he first, came first in game was like, like the number four or something. And yeah, hasn't done anything like that since. That's what trips me out. But he's been he was brilliant a few when he went 15 and one. But still. He won MVP. Um, He's an MVP winning quarterback. Yes. He, he didn't dive on that fumble. Um, what you know, we didn't have this podcast when that happened, but I think what what hurt him is just the that pressure, the Super Bowl pressure of being that black quarterback and having to answer that question about race. And I think I can't remember. He 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 answered it differently, he got kind of sick of that question. And I think it just let his mind kind of wander there, right? Because I think more than anyone, more than someone like a Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, I think the the black quarterback question prior to the Super Bowl, I think weighed heavier on him than the others. It's not to say that Russell's not black. It's not to say that Patrick is black. They clearly are, right? But I think that question for Cam because of how Cam was, right? How he, he Cam comes as himself. Like he's come as he is Cam, right? And and he's this magnet for attention. He He's very his style, right? It's very black in play. We've never seen a quarterback like that, right? He's doing that Superman pose or whatever mm-hmm. he's doing. He's getting that. I remember that white lady 
raining in about how he's such a bad role model. Yeah, and yeah. He starts out with his owner telling him not to get a tattoo because you know you're in the south type deal. Yeah, yeah. And I think the the moment that type of pressure got on him, whereas Russell and Patrick Mahomes didn't really have to deal with it. Donovan did, I think, in a lot of ways. He had to deal with it. Um, did as best he could. Um, we were on a documentary with Donovan McMahon. By the way, didn't get to meet him, but but <laughs> let's just throw that out there. Um, and I think that's what got that's what got Cam. I I want to say this real quick about Cam. I don't disagree with any of that analysis. I also think that their offensive Von Miller was the best player on the field that day. Yeah, that, and, that and, and yeah. then like they could, I mean, like you know, Cam is not the greatest. Like he would admit that he's a, he's a thrower more than a passer. And you know they had their best receiver Ooh. was Ted Ginn. Let's be real, like that Ted- always upsets me. They it's the same thing. I'm cutting you off because it's the same thing they're doing with Bo- Lamar Jackson. They're not getting him a wet. They're not not getting him a wet. Right, like I don't know. He may be a great passer if he had like right. you know AJ uh, in in his prime. AJ Green, not the one I right. have on my right. on my bench right now. Um, but but you know I think that that like their offensive line was so bad. And the funny part is the dude who was blocking for Cam was blocking for Cam. <laughs> no, oh. um, uh, Rimmers, maybe it was Rimmers. Rimmers okay. was playing. Right. He he was playing for uh, Kansas City after the injuries in the last <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, no. So, I so that you going with Michael Orr. But no, 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 no. Yeah. That, That's no, crazy. That's the same guy, man. And he was yeah. he was a turnstile. Like, Von Miller was, was giving that dude the work. Um, right. and so, you know, again, I think, like you said, like Cam's been hamstrung in some ways because the, the Carolina never did for him what Indianapolis did for Peyton Manning. Like you look at that Indian Peyton Manning's in the hall of fame first ballot, but he also has had, he's got three hall of famers around him. He had Marvin Harrison hall of fame. He's got four because he played some with Marshall, didn't he? Or no. He played, he, he, played, he, he played a, he played a one year with Marshall Falk before okay. they traded him. Then he played with Edger and James. And then he played with uh, – who's the other wide receiver that they had? Um, um, yeah, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne, right? And Reggie Wayne's Is Reggie Wayne a Hall of Famer? Multi-year All-Pro. He might be in the Hall of Fame at some point. He's got – you know, yeah. I mean, he's got like 150 home, uh, touchdowns or some crazy number. Um, and so like, you know, they kept giving him weapons. They kept working on the line. They just let the defense do whatever. And I think that that's like, they didn't do that for, for Cam, you know what I mean? Like they never gave him Ted again, played, you know, 14 years in the league and he should have always been a top off the defense guy. He should never be your number one. And they made it number one. Right. And they went 15 and one with the guy. And so, you know, I think that's been, that'll be a, a detriment. And I think that, but that you know, you're doing the history of the black quarterback. There's a number of, of black quarterbacks who never got the kind of, of personnel put around them to 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 enhance their greatness. Like I think we could say the same thing about Donovan McNabb until T.O. got there. They didn't have. Got there, yeah. They didn't. They, I mean, were, yeah. they were throwing to a lot of guys who Freddie were, Mitchell and Jay, like, right. Freddie Mitchell might be the slowest wide receiver I've ever seen in my life. But yeah, sorry, Freddie Mitchell, if you yeah. listen. <laughs> you're a great dresser great dresser great hands i just think he wasn't in the breakaway seat but yeah they got I mean, the one year they got him a weapon all of a sudden they go to the super bowl right? right um so yeah yeah no i yeah and i hope that we i know we talked about justin fields in chicago i hope they they make sure they get him the weapons that he needs eventually too i'm not saying chicago doesn't but when it's time to build around him when it's time to invest Mm-hmm. I hope that they invest in that offense uh, like they need to invest in that offense. Um, I think lastly, we speak about quarterbacks. I know we were going to do the Washington football team, but those names are terrible, so I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, uh, The Houston situation, without actually bringing up Deshaun, because I don't think he should play or he will play, but Tyrod Taylor, like he's – He's become like a little Vince Evans in the sense that look at me talking about Vince Evans like five yeah. times in the sense that he's gonna stay along around the game for a long time, but he keeps getting put up in like <laughs> you know crap situations and <laughs> and and he wins these jobs. I mean, think about it's got to be like the last or five or six years he's gone from Buffalo to Cleveland to San Diego mm-hmm. or Los Angeles Chargers to now the Texans. Yeah, right and and. It's like a weird thing where he has 
risen from a sixth round pick, right? That that mm-hmm. idea that you're going to invest a sixth round pick in, and and you're going to let this black quarterback stay around is 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 rare, right? Not not to say like like I know like Shaq Harris, like the older guys, Shaq Harris is like an eighth round pick, and Gilliam was probably like a eleventh round pick, and Evans was like a sixth round pick. The older guys, but they're not investing in you if they're not picking you high. Right, mm-hmm. the fact that he was able to stick around that Baltimore organization and keep sticking around, and then win a job four different times for four yeah. different franchises to me is an incredible story. But they're always like crap jobs. Like they yes. did them dirty with in Buffalo, where they put in Peterman. They did them Peterman. dirty. They brought him. They brought him <laughs> he was the worst quarterback to, ever. Ever. Right? He came in through like five picks. Right. They're all oh, in gosh. the playoff hunt. Right. And he yeah. still got a job somewhere. I believe they yeah. brought him to Cleveland. Only to like you know to put Baker in or whatever, and yeah. in a situation that was just a bad situation. Did he got San the, Diego say, there, uh, Los Angeles huh? Chargers. He got Los Angeles, Herbert. He yeah. loses a job, and then the uh, oh, the trainer he, stabs him with punctured right? lung. What the, the punctured lung? <laughs> and now he's in a little no win situation because yeah. they're gonna suck. On purpose, excuse my language, to get a number one quarterback. Right? There's no point. They're not playing Deshaun. Nope. Right. And they shouldn't play Deshaun. He has to deal with that situation. Yeah. But it's clear that they're just going to lose because they're trying to get what's just, on that, my man's name, Rattler. Right. Yeah. Like that's the pick. To me, that's the number one pick. And, they they are in a, a weird move. situation because they just traded their number one starting corner, who was like an all, like third team all pro last year. Did they? Yeah. And he. Oh, they're trying and, to lose. Yeah. yeah, he's he's they trying to lose lose, and they right and it, and so they are in the point, and I think they traded him to the Saints. So they traded with a black coach, by the way. But go ahead, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Who who they pulled out of like left field? Who was like a position right. coach for like thirty? I mean, right. he's like a mid fifties, late fifties guy. Has been a you know a, basically right. he's been an NFL assistant for the last Since the early nineties, I think. Right? Yeah, like, like he's, yeah. yeah. He's been, you know, yeah. and he's a good coach, but like that, like he wasn't on no one's radar, no one's ever, like ever, ever, ever. like ever, yeah. like I think he had a quarterback head coach. at Vandy went straight into coaching and never rose above the ranks of like OC at like a lower level, like New Mexico State or something like that. Right. That was thirty years ago. Right, right, and so he, you know, it's uh, they are losing on purpose, and it kind of sucks because it sucks for Tyrod, but it also sucks for this black coach. But like, you know, as soon as they get this pick. They're going to bring in the new coach. They're going to bring in – they're going to clear the decks for the new quarterback, and and that's it. So, but, man, uh, uh, you yeah. know, next – next when we get back on here like next week or in, in 10 days or so. It's probably uh, like two – yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, we will uh, – I can then gloat about my victory. Ooh, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm You know I'm putting it on Twitter. I'm putting the matchup side to side. I'm screenshotting it. That's fine. See what people Dude. got. All right, that's it. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, man. This, All on right. that note, peace. Wait, peace. wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa. Who's your Super Bowl winner? Uh, who is my Super Bowl winner? I have no idea. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. Good call. Yeah, we'll just go with the Chiefs. Or let me. <laughs> let me. I got. I got Russell Wilson on my fantasy team, so let's go with the Seahawks. Oh, nice, nice. All right, peace. <laughs> All right, peace.